Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Que pasa, chicos and chicas! Welcome uh, to a brand new episode of Geek Bites, brought to you by the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Together again, and it feels so good. <laughs> uh, we got so much to get into today. This is a Geek Bites episode, but we felt that the timing was perfect to jump on and talk about all the Marvel stuff that's been happening over the last few days especially on today well and we should say this happy valentine's to everybody who celebrates it and for people who don't happy every other day that you feel the same way about the person you care about day welcome to that day and we are going to talk about the fantastic four um announcements we're going to talk about the deadpool and wolverine trailer and then some other marvel news tidbits that might have popped across the board here uh to get to all of our reactions to it but let's introduce ourselves first for those who may be popping it on for the first time i am the outlaw john roker writer producer and host here on the geek buddies I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I love it when a geek bite turns into a geek meal. Let's do this thing. Hey, this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of our current work right now every weekend with Strawberry Shortcake Fairy in the Big City, Season 3. It's for sure. This is a corner piece of the cake that we're doing. It's not just a slice of the bite. This is a whole corner piece. Well, it was going to be. It was going to be just a nice little quick, let's talk about that Deadpool Wolverine trailer. It was. And, and then it was like, well, then we got some Fantastic Four news. And then what are the dates of the Marvel stuff coming out? And then are they going to be able to even land this plane? Let's see. Who knows? So <laughs> it's going to be... Gonna be good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's start off with that. That was the announcement that came over today on Valentine's Day. They released a big post here on their Instagram and the social media there of the cast members Pedro Pascal, Vanessa Kirby, Emma Moss, Bachrock, and Johnny Quinn. All there, essentially drawn uh, there into that picture, and uh, clearly you can see an astronaut uh, there behind. Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm, uh, if you look in closely, it looks like he's looking at a Life magazine from the 1960s where Lyndon Johnson was on the cover. And then you have Herbie bringing up a drink there. But that (laughs) is officially the cast, officially where they're going with this. And just need to say the hot mic, Jeff Snyder, broke that on the broke this story on the hot mic, said it was the first person to tell you who this cast was going to be. And six months later, it has come true finally. So, gentlemen, your initial your reactions here. I know we talked about it on a previous Geek Buddies episode, but now that it's official, what are you all's overall thoughts with this cast and the setting here, which seems to be sometime in the 1960s? I mean, that's the biggest, that's the biggest question, right? Is where does this iteration of the Fantastic Four exist? Yeah. Is this is this in our universe? Is this in an alternate universe where they are, you know, permanently stuck in the 1960s? I mean, I love the look of Ben Grimm. That is classic thing yeah. right there. Um, even, I mean, even, you know, taking in their outfits. I mean, that, like, uh, uh, Reed's, Pedro Pascal's, I mean, that almost looks like a Fantastic Four sweater. Yeah. I mean, it just, Ribbed. it just has this Norman Rockwell, yeah. um, re- really uh, familial, really wholesome. I mean, it just looks like something you, you would have seen in a Pan Am magazine in the early 1960s. Um, sure. So, I mean, you know, as you had said, like Jeff broke that a little while ago. Mm. So we kind of figured this this was the cast. But now to finally have that official announcement, yeah. very, very exciting. And now now the, the clock starts. And all right, who else? Who, who are our bad guys? Let's find out. Right, right, for sure. Michael, your thoughts here on this, now that it's official, the cast, officially the cast, what are your thoughts here? Um, well, officially, I am glad that Pedro Pascal is ribbed for our pleasure. Um, so 
there's that. That's but the aside trailer. from that, oh my god, um, yeah. I think this is great. Look, as you said, Jeff broke this a while ago, so you brought it to us. We talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was out there. This is kind of the cast that everybody was circling around, uh, as far as the rumors. And it's nice that it's not a rumor. It's nice that this is the cast. This is yeah. this is a good cast. These are these are good. These are good actors. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them has proven that they have the chops to do some serious acting. Every single one of them is pretty much, in my opinion, perfect mm-hmm. for the role that they are playing. Okay. And for the good of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all four of these are heavy hitters. Yeah. Marvel and and look, Marvel has a, a great bench of characters that they've introduced over over phases four and five. Yeah. Uh, and the characters that have returned have been solid, but there hasn't really been that who is leading the Marvel universe. Who is our Tony and Steve? You know, we don't really know. Yeah. Peter Parker is stuck in Marvel Sony Land. Um, they were. It looked like it was going to be Chadwick Boseman, and then tragically, it wasn't. This is a cast that can lead a universe. Yeah. Pedro Pascal can lead a universe. So okay. that is good. As far as the timeline and like where and when it takes place, yeah. interesting and also maybe makes me a little nervous. Okay. Um, look, everybody for years, everybody for years has wanted Fantastic Four to be a period piece. Everyone feels mm. like the Fantastic Four kind of feels like that retro 60s vibe, something yeah. about them, more so than some of the other Marvel characters that started in different eras. The Fantastic Four always felt like their story kind of belonged in the age of space exploration and the 60s and everything else. And, you know, the versions that we got were not that. And nobody likes the versions that we got. So just Fantastic Four on its own taking place in the 60s, great. Yeah. But, okay, if it's the 60s of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fact that we've never heard about four astronauts that went up, got exposed to gamma rays, and got strange and fantastic powers would seem odd. So if it's not our universe, so is it our universe and then something about their adventure made us all forget about them? Possible. Right. Right. Um. Is this another universe? And if it is another universe, is this a universe where they are the only heroes of that universe? Good question. Is this the universe where um, the mutants are currently and Monica Mm. Rambeau is currently trapped and the Fantastic Four are good buddies with Professor X and Hank McCoy? You know, like where, like where is it? Good question. Um, and if they were in that universe, they're in the 60s. Are they still around? So, like, there's a bunch of questions about how it ties in, which, yeah. you know, some people on li- can listen right now and be like, who the fuck cares? If we get a good Fantastic Four movie, we get a good Fantastic Four movie. And while that is true, Marvel cares because they need something to tie this cinematic universe together. And the Fantastic yeah. Four seems to be the thing that could do it. So, for okay. my money, if... Yep, there, there, there. We missed him. We what? missed him, and he's back. Thank God. <laughs> um, for my money, the easiest thing, and again, this doesn't mean that this is what they're going to do, but oh my God, I yeah. want you to go back to Bora Bora. <laughs> um, yes. But if if they are in their own universe yeah. and they are in the '60s, and part of their movie is that there is an incursion and their universe is maybe destroyed and that yeah. brings them to another universe like reed richards being one of the ones that's going to be key in figuring out what's going on with all these incursions why these incursions are happening and how to either prevent these incursions or try to prevent these incursions seems like to be a key part of what you need in a secret war story so yeah. wherever the fantastic four may be and whenever that may be likely the 60s uh i'm sure that their movie will be bringing them into contact with the with our universe yeah, you look at this magazine. This is what I'm talking. This is the magazine. This is the actual magazine. It's from December 13th, 1963. So only a couple of weeks, or maybe three weeks after the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy, which was in November 22nd of 1963, right? So this is Lyndon Johnson taking over the presidency uh, from John Kennedy. So is this connected in some way to something that they want to tell here in the movie? Or in the yeah, in the movie could be really interesting. And if you look at this poster again. Who is that behind them uh, in in the astronaut outfit? Is that supposed to be uh, Evan Moss Bachrock or who is that? That is one hundred percent him. Yeah, okay. that's Evan uh, Moss Bachrock. Just want to make sure. I mean, that's their way of that's around. their way of that's their way of getting him in the photo. 
Yeah. Without getting him in the photo. Like right. he's going to turn into Ben Grimm. Like we are right. going to hear him a lot. I don't know how that, how much we're going to see him, but yeah. by having Ben Grimm's photo, but it brings up a good point, which is by having Ben Grimm in the photo in the background yeah. and clearly having him in a spacesuit, um, it does indicate that they are going with a classic origin story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is not going to be some new take on how they all got in a giant collider in Hank Pym's lab and mm. got strange powers. Like Ben Grimm's an astronaut. Yeah. It seems that they are going up into space and doing the gamma rays and that Marvel is going to give us the classic Fantastic Four story that yeah. we've never gotten. Now, again, how that ties into everything else that's going on, that's the bigger question. But yeah. the fact that we're getting a classic FF story does seem to be the way we're leaning. Yeah, I like the cast. I think it's a good cast, uh, um, a cast that has worked in numerous different genres. So you've got some really strong uh, cast members a part of that. I see some people already pushing back on Pedro Pascal. It's to be expected. You're never going to satisfy everybody on Reed Richards. And, uh, you know, I see some people going, see, they went anti, they, they went anti woke or they went uh, woke because they didn't make it an all white cast. It's like, you know, everybody just grow up. This is a different time. And we'll see if it's set in the 60s. Listen, we've seen this before from Marvel, right? Captain America set in the 1940s wakes up in the modern day there's a possibility that something happens with them on some sort of mission and they wake up in the modern day have to deal with all this multiverse multiverse madness that's going on and reed richards has to be one of these people as you said that deals with the excursions incursions rather deals with what's going on figures this all out it's no um how can i say this it's no coincidence that right after we get a deadpool a wolverine trailer deals with the dva tva and the multiple changes in that multiverse we get here now a, 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 a an announcement for this cast. How are they going to play into all of this? So a lot of questions. Um, the other part of this is that they announced the release date. Shannon, July 25th, 2025, which is two weeks after Superman Legacy. I tweeted this out just to poke the bear a little bit and said, uh, yeah, keep telling me there's no problems between Feige and Gunn, but he's going to place the Fantastic Four up against Superman Legacy two weeks later. So this to me feels like a little bit of big brother, little brother poking each other whether whether uh, whether um, uh, from anger or from uh, a little friendly rivalry, what do you think about the date and what do you think about them placing it against uh, Superman Legacy two weeks later? Well, I mean, after about two weeks, unless Superman is just an absolute runaway hit, I mean, two weeks for a big yeah. summer movie, that's kind of the, the the number one shelf life. Okay. Um, you know, Superman's going to come out. It's going to be number one. Again, right. if it's a huge, huge hit. And Fantastic Four, if you know, if, if we get sort of a solo situation where you hear all of this trouble, like, is there is there a world where Superman beats Fantastic Four three weeks after it comes out? Ah, maybe. Um, but also, mm. the summer is kind of a finite time. There are only yeah. so many dates, and with Thunderbolts coming out at the beginning of May now, May second, yeah, it it makes sense that because I feel like they've done this before. They've had a film come out the first weekend in May, and they put the second movie. They kind of bump it back to the end of July. So, I mean, we we have heard the stories that there maybe is some tension <laughs> between Gunn and Feige. Yeah. I don't think this the the release date is a direct result of that, okay. but okay. I could be wrong. What are your thoughts, Mike? Because they move Thunderbolts out of this to essentially say you're not going to own this month. Because obviously, Superman Legacy would probably, uh, you know, beat out Thunderbolts after the first week. Maybe it might level out. What were your? Th Do you think this was done to be like, oh, you're going to play the game? We're going to play our big boys here at this time as well. What do you think of this uh, announcement for the date and the moving? up of this film that supposedly happened on May happening on May 2nd. What, what I mean, if anything, I think it just shows um, supposedly happening. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I don't think if anything, that. I think it shows that they have confidence in Fantastic Four. Like, look, mm. all of all of uh, your poking the bear, they're trying to get each other. This is a jab. Let me show you something, buddy. Both DC and Marvel have a shit ton to prove. That's true. It's a fair so they point. Can swing, they, can, they can swing all the dicks they want, but there are a, hundreds of people working at Warner Brothers and at Disney right now who are like, guys, we got to nail this. So <laughs> if they've all agreed that they're going to bring Fantastic Four out two weeks yeah. after James Gunn's Superman legacy intro to his version of his DC universe, yeah. um, they're if they're not feeling good about it, they're faking it really well. Okay. 
All right. Like that. This is a this is a sign of confidence. Like, look, Shannon's right. After two weeks, I mean, Superman Legacy will have done the majority of what it's going to do. And if it actually is a you know a Spider-Man No Way Home level, holy shit, they got Superman right. Yeah. It'll be maintaining, but Fantastic Four is still going to probably own that weekend. So what'll be really interesting to see is what happens in the following weeks after that. Like, does Fantastic Four? go the way of every other Marvel movie recently and have sort of a mediocre opening and instantly drop off. Yeah. Or, or does it beat Superman legacy and we see Superman legacy drop down or are people so happy? I mean, and on this, honestly, this would be what every one of us wants to have happen, which is Superman legacy is so good yeah. that it, that fantastic four barely beats it out because it's doing so great in its third week. And then fantastic four is so good that the two of them ride the rest of the summer Ooh. out. Yeah. And just both kill it at the box office because that would mean that geeks are, for once, very happy with both of their comic book universes. Yeah, this is an interesting thing because you look at it kind of like a Super Bowl, right? We just saw a Super Bowl, one team beat the other team in overtime. What's this situation going to be like if Legacy comes out and it's great, but Fantastic Four comes out and it's middling? Or if Superman Legacy comes out and it's middling... Yeah. And Fantastic Four comes out, and it's great. Because if Fantastic Four comes out, and it is great, and Superman Legacy is middling, I mean, how much farther are you going with the DC Universe under James Gunn and Peter Safran? It's a hell of a shot to be putting them toe-to-toe with each other, because what might come out really uh, taking the knockout uh, by the time that month is over. And most important, look, I know that there's probably a few movies that haven't been announced, and things will shuffle around, but correct me if I'm wrong here. In that we have Deadpool and Wolverine, obviously, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yep. Then we have Agatha, House of Harkness, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever the hell it's called now. Dark um, Old Diaries. There it is. <laughs> House of Harkness was better. We got we got Agatha. <laughs> we got Agatha, Dark Hole Diaries coming out this upcoming this October, end right. of this year. Right. Then. Uh, Captain America: Brave New World. Captain America: Brave New World. It's a it's a three for it's Captain America: Brave New World, oh. Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four. Yeah. And after that, what? It's Blade, and supposedly. then the and and then two Avengers movies. Yeah. Supposedly Blade and the two Avengers movies. Only one movie in 2026 so far with Avengers, um, whatever they're going to call that, and then Avengers: Secret Wars in on May seventh. That's what it is. So right taking Blade out of it for a second, what that means is next year. We're talking movies, the, the, not TV shows. So yeah. Right, right, right. The net that next year, the mess that is the MCU right now. Mm. You know, where is Shang Chi? What do these bands mean? Where is Monica Rambeau? What are Doctor Strange and Clea doing fighting incursions? Like the list of things, the giant eternal that's floating in the ocean that I think Brave New World is going to deal with. But like, mm-hmm. there's the whole list of things that these three movies: Captain America, Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four are teeing up Avengers. Like, by the time we get done with Fantastic Four, Blade aside, which will introduce vampires and probably have something to do with stuff, Fantastic Four has to get us kind of where we were by the end of, like, Ragnarok, Black Panther, where we were like, we were ready to dive into Endgame. Right. But do you think... That's a tall order. Speaking of tall orders, Shannon, go back to you. Matt Shagman, do you think you can get this done and out by July 25th? This is... February already, almost halfway through February. We're halfway through February. They haven't even started production. They just announced the cast. I mean, Superman Legacy has the leg up right now on uh, uh, getting their production going and all of that. So do you think he has enough time or do you think one of them is going to move off the schedule or move back or move up in the schedule? I think if you move Fantastic Four, then the entire schedule has to shift. Mm. potentially um and, and and that could be as simple as fantastic four you bump it to holiday uh 2025 and maybe that doesn't affect avengers at all or maybe you you know they, I, I think if they start in april like let's yeah. say they start in april that is a solid 15 months okay. now for a normal big budget movie that's plenty of time because mm. your your principal photography is going to be anywhere between three months maybe stretching to five months, but that's a, that's a big, that's a lot. But you also factor in that they all Marvel's always does reshoots. They always have some sort of additional photography that they do. I think, I think it's, I think it is enough time. Um, And just because they announced it today, doesn't mean that this deal hasn't been done for a minute. They were were choosing when like more than likely, like they have, they have their principal cast lined up. They're just choosing when to announce it. Um, So I think there, I think there is plenty of time. But they don't 
they don't have much outside of it. That would be my guess. But the reports have been coming in, and uh, Shannon, you can readdress this up, but Michael does. The reports have been coming in that they might not be shooting until the third quarter of the year. Now, does that strike you as logical or possible, or do you think they announce this date and they're now going to ramp ratchet up production much more quickly than that? Because Pedro's been, apparently been moving stuff around his schedule to make it happen. I mean, if they start in July, <laughs> that is that's tight like yeah. that that's pretty tight for for a big budget film yes okay. well, what do you think michael does this let us know that maybe it's not that big of a budget of a film that they're going to limit the special effects and keep it much more ground-based what, what do you think about this tight turnaround i would like for you to walk through the powers of the fantastic four and explain to me how you think they are going to tighten that visual effect. I, 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 I know I'm not I just yeah we might not be in space though we might not go to space we're just sure maybe we won't be in space one of them is on fire one of them's invisible one of them is a giant rock and one of them is Elastigirl like it is like I don't know what to tell you man it's a big visual effects movie it it does sound tight it does it yeah. does sound tight when you think about the fact that we've been talking Superman legacy casting and Superman legacy announcements for months and months yeah and they've been getting moving on getting the actors already and trained and all the things that you do to get ready for for uh, initial photography. And then you you look at this one kind of getting this announcement, which we obviously has been in in the ether for a while and it's coming out two weeks later. You're like, ah, yeah, that's yeah. Again, you're either really confident or you're really desperate or realistically, you're a healthy dose of both. So you both think that if they get their films done in time, they will absolutely not move either one of these. Neither one of these are going to move. They're going to hit their spots. It Look, I don't. I, I think Shannon's right that like if it all of a sudden moved from July into like holiday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that, yes, we all want to see Fantastic Four in the summertime. If we all went on Thanksgiving and had Thanksgiving with the Fantastic Four, I think things would probably keep moving as as well as they were, and I don't think it's drastically going to change things. I do think that coming out swinging and saying this is when the movie, you know, like or, you know, coming out and being like this is when the movie's coming out, um, it, it, it's not going to be good optics for Marvel if they move it. But yeah, I would I rather they had bad optics and give us a good movie than have good optics and give us a rush movie. Yeah. Do you agree, Shannon, or anything more? To oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay. Because again, I mean, when you think about the Fantastic Four, like what is what is the big thing about Fantastic Four? It's family. Family. Um, if it were to come out at Thanksgiving, who do we who do we typically see? If you are celebrating Thanksgiving, yeah. on average, you're probably seeing your family. So, I mean, I think that move would actually make sense. But as Vogel already said, if you put that stake in the ground, yeah. uh, I think at this point it probably wouldn't look great yeah. if you moved it. Yeah. And one last thing: uh, thoughts on the logo. Do you like this kind? I mean, it's this old Cinerama dome type of logo yeah. here, the the circle and the. This is very postmodern. This is what postmodern sixties type of vibe. So, do you guys like this logo uh, overall, or do you think the logo is kind of a little disappointing? What are your thoughts? I mean, if this is what they are doing, then yeah, I think that logo is great. I mean, that reminds yeah. me of like you know Tomorrowland at Disney World, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from like the '60s and the '70s, and also leaning into that '60s thing, like we already talked about, like that was the age of space exploration. Wow. Um, that was also the age of the Beatles, and you know, having these four people who are in in many versions are very very famous. Yeah. Um, I th I think everything in from a design standpoint lines up perfectly for them to be set in the '60s. Okay. Yeah. Michael, I, yeah. I agree. I, I love it. I mean, I think it definitely feel, and if you bring up the image again, yeah. um, not only do I, do we, do I love the logo because I think it has that retro sixties, yeah. uh, you know, art deco kind of vibe to it. But we, one thing we didn't talk about, I mean, when you really look at what they, the way they posed everybody, I mean, mm -hmm. the way that Sue and Reed are kind of dancing together, Johnny yeah. kind of looking at like that, you know, 1950s Eddie Haskell kind of like with his sitting on the back of the chair, yeah, yeah. looking at Ben and then Ben just in his easy chair, reading his magazine while Herbie hands him a cup of coffee, you know, just like yeah. the whole thing is very family warm. Like this mm -hmm. isn't the 20th century fox like four badasses in their costumes like looking at you flexing like these guys are badasses like this is a silly family having fun together yeah and that is correct 
So, you know, like whenever we as comic book fans see these things, sometimes you look at something and you're like, I feel like the studio is trying to feed us something that mm. is not the right thing. This this is just like when Marvel did Peter Parker in Civil War. And within mm. five minutes, we were all like, yep, that's Peter Parker. That's correct. This feels like that. And, yep. and that's what Marvel really needs right now is they need a movie like this to come out. And for all of us to go, man, Marvel, you've been flailing around for a couple of years, but we've had three shitty Fantastic Four movies and you just stuck the landing. Yeah, and I'll throw this out here because, I mean, Tony Stark, 1960s. Uh, it, I'm sorry, Howard Stark, 1960s. There's possibilities there. And look, we had Captain Marvel in the 90s and no one knew about it except the special Sh- government source. So sure, but like could they hide that. Could Howard you know, hide that? You know, still sure, there. but to be fair, Nick Fury in Avengers says that when Thor came to Earth, that was the first time they had ever seen aliens. And then Captain Marvel came out and we were like, well, okay, I guess we can squint our eyes and say Nick Fury was lying and that this isn't just like a thing they decided down the line. But Captain Marvel landing and a bunch of scrolls running around in secret versus, again, a group of astronauts going up in space and coming back with crazy, strange powers. Like the last thing you want to do with a fantastic four movie is have them running around in the 1960s and have to constantly justify why nobody knows that the most famous superhero family in the world exists. Yeah. The fantastic four neuralizer, I guess. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into the uh, Deadpool and Wolverine trailer right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of the Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents that's right three months for only 99 cents with the code buddies b-u-d-d-i-e-s simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code buddies to dive into the world of arts like never before bring the arts home with marquee tv get three months for just 99 cents visit marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now use code buddies explore the extensive library of performances on marquee tv today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at marquee tv on social media Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to say Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, the Deadpool and Wolverine uh, trailer came out here. A lot of things to talk about. Uh, It broke all kinds of records. I think it's the most watched trailer ever in a 24-hour period. We had a lot of things in this trailer here, uh, including some returning characters like Negasonic Teenage Warhead. We also had a shot of what is possibly Patch uh, in this thing. Colossus was in this thing. Um, We also got possibly the back of Charles Xavier's head. The return of Pyro, uh, which is, a of all the people to bring back, what an interesting choice. The TVA with a brand new design. Matthew McFadden as a representative of the TVA. And I don't even know what this picture is. Oh, yeah, and everybody else uh, from uh, Deadpool 2 there being a part of this thing. So 
gentlemen, your overall thoughts on this trailer. Uh, what did you think? Um, Michael, fine. Michael, go. What did you think of this trailer? Um, very excited. Little cautious. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, basically, and I mean, I think this is really what it breaks down to. We all love Deadpool. Yes. And we're all excited to see Ryan Reynolds come into the MCU. Yes. Based on the trailer, uh, I'm curious how much of this movie is about fourth wall breaking and how much of this movie is not. Ooh, because a little question. bit of fourth a, a little bit of fourth wall breaking goes a long way. Right. A lot of fourth wall breaking, everything falls apart. Um So you're saying so the pegging I'm, line, that's you're good with just one pegging line, is what you're saying. You're I mean, who, who's not good with pegging? Um no, no, like look, well, here's what it really boils down to. Like Deadpool's and when you look at Deadpool 1 and you look at Deadpool 2. Yeah. Um for the most part, the way that Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, which is great, is he comments on the movie as it's happening and yes. he says things that we would say. So Colossus says, I'm taking you to Professor X, and he goes, McAvoy or Stewart, ugh, these timelines are so confusing. And no one in the movie really comments on it. Right. Like Colossus doesn't start and go, What are you talking about? Who's McAvoy? Who's Stewart? Like, what right. is all this? Like, it's just Deadpool sort of commenting and it's really funny. Um, or you get like a post-credit sequence like in Deadpool 2 or an end credit sequence in Deadpool 2 where he goes around and, you know, shoots Ryan Reynolds in the head so he doesn't make Green Air, uh, Green Lantern and shoots his older version self in the head from Wolverine. And you're like, that's really funny. Him entering the MCU and doing everything like why the TVA wants him. Like I've seen people online with just fucking bon- gonzo theories. Oh, yeah. Like like about like he's, he, he's getting the entire 20th Century Fox group together to fight Disney and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, guys, if that's where this movie goes, we're in full disaster territory. <laughs> um, but as long as the TVA has a valid reason for what they want Deadpool specifically to be doing, yeah. and it sort of does bring in all of these universes, and we get some fun winks and nods to the the fact that this is really about cinematic universes, but the movie itself is about multiple universes and all these things going on. It can work, but just based on the way the trailer lays out, like, you know, if he's Marvel Jesus, how much do people know about Marvel? Like, that's sort of the questions that come up. How much of that is just a fun throwaway line? How much of this is key to the TVA's plan? So there's a lot of questions. As I've rewatched the trailer a few times now, I feel like they're going to do it right. I feel like they're going to err on the on the side of what it should be, but some of y'all's theories on Twitter are fucking batshit insane, and if that's what it is, y'all don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like someone posted something on Reed Richards. They're like, if they said it back then, they can do this. I'm like, will you fucking stop? Slow down. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on the Shannon Wolverine trailer uh, overall, what you thought uh, from what we got here and some of the teases that were within this thing. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, of the trailers that were probably going to air a spot during the Super Bowl, I mean, this was the one that I was looking forward to the most because, yeah. like any Marvel fan right now, um, you, you're you're thirsty. You're you're thirsty for something fun, for something that is a that is a throwback to what we had, the excitement levels that we had during like Phase Three, Phase Two, and Phase Three, even Phase One. Um, and, and but also you want to see like how is this exactly going to work? Like I do agree with Vogel, um, Ryan Reynolds breaking that fourth wall. I don't recall in Deadpool one or Deadpool two, if that's sort of like, what do you mean? What do you talk? Like, I don't think that happened. Um, when you are including so much of like, you know, they're basically showing a clip, uh, a, 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 a clip footage of, of the past Marvel cinematic universe. Like what yeah. does, what does this mean to uh, agent paradox or Mr. Paradox, whoever Matthew McFadden uh, is playing? Yeah. Um, it, it it feels right. Like I, I I agree with Vogel. It does it does feel right. I mean I think I definitely wanted more mm. uh, Hugh Jackman. But again, this is the, this is the first teaser. There's going to be plenty of time for that to come out. I think that what we did get that silhouette shot yeah. that they put together. I'm like that was a great great shot. And getting a sense of Deadpool's point of view of Wolverine based off the moment that he snicks his claws. You're like, nope, never mind, never mind. Like watching Deadpool on putting him on his heels, yeah. um, I think could be a really, really fun, fun thing for them to play with. Yeah. Mike, you want to chime in? Well, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, the theories have been wild, but like when you're really breaking down this trailer, okay. Wade's life is basically pretty solid. If he this is brought- the actual Wade, that we've seen yeah. in the first two films. Yeah. It's the actual way he, he time traveled to, you know, take back some fridging and like everyone's happy. <laughs> like 
if yeah, they but, don't make a fridging joke, I swear to God, they better make a like, fridging joke. Shatterstar so. is dead, literally shattered in the, the yeah. last film. So, uh, so no, he clearly, it. so clearly, what happened at the end of Deadpool two, where he took Cable's little, uh, you know, time watch, yeah. and went oh. and did all that stuff, like that's oh, canon. Like he went back and brought everybody back to life. Yeah, he brought yeah. Vanessa back to life. Like he's and and because of the stuff he did, now it's likely that the TVA is showing up at his door partially right. because he went and fucked with a bunch of timelines. So right. that's right. how Deadpool 2 ended. So the TVA showing up makes sense. Matthew McFadden shows up. They clearly want Deadpool for something. Now, if they want Deadpool for his fourth wall breaking abilities, I think this movie's in trouble. Ooh. Okay. Now, if they want Deadpool because he is basically invulnerable, he's mm -hmm. already been jumping around in timelines, and the TVA is not really supposed to be pruning timelines anymore, but they want an assassin who can jump around through time and kill people for them. Okay, that yeah. feels good. You yeah. know, like, so like, and, and I'm putting even money right now that Matthew McFadden's the villain of this movie. <laughs> Oh, interesting. As a member of the of the TVA, the TVA, okay. yeah. the TVA, like just to back up and nerd out for a second. Yeah. When last we left the TVA, they put their violent timeline pruning ways behind them. Yes. And were a kinder, gentler TVA that was just monitoring things to make sure that no Kang showed up. Right. Very easy. This TVA it looks a bit more aggressive, and we clearly see Wade Deadpool killing a bunch of them later in the movie. Mm. So there's gonna be pruning. There's gonna be battles. I think maybe there's a portion of the TVA like that they have to be so kind and gentle now. Mm. And maybe. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, and it. then he okay. gets mad about it. Mm -hmm. Oh. Can you sorry, repeat that last line? On. You have me now? Yeah. Yeah, no, just that, that, that Matthew McFadden perhaps and his portion of the tva have wade doing stuff for him and wade either finds out that it's not cool or they have wade try and kill someone that he doesn't want to kill or something happens wade rebels and he's going to get sent to the void mm. and he's going to find a bunch of people that got pruned including a bunch of former 20th century fox cast members um you know i mean that literally seems like where things are kind of ending up and then he's going to stick yeah. it to everybody so that that might that might not be the movie at all but yeah. based on the trailer and not getting into crazy fourth wall breaking, we're going to break down the movie universes. That seems to be a more within the universe thing that contextualizes a lot of the stuff that we're seeing. Okay. Is this Xavier? Is this, is this uh McAvoy or is this Stuart? Cause it looks like McAvoy from behind. It looks yeah. like McAvoy. It's a younger head. Yeah. And where he's sitting looks like the, the, what we've seen in the trailer that looks like it's the void. Yes, right. And to, and and to be clear, I mean the void from Loki season Loki. one, where once you prune people, they go, and Eliath, the giant purple smoke dragon, attacks you, which we basically, I think, see Eliath in this trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that's going. Yeah, right. That big loud, uh, big thing. He's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shannon, is this uh, McAvoy? Do you agree? Um, I mean, it's not. It doesn't look like Patrick Stewart. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. Um. Yeah. It, of the two, it's definitely McAvoy, but there could be, I mean, it could be somebody else. And looking yeah. at that, like, even though like, I do see a little bit of the, I see a little bit of the void there. Part of me is also like, is that kind of like downtown Sokovia? Um, oh, because you know, we see him pop up in that snowy forest that sure looks like the beginning of Age of Ultron. So I thought of that. who knows? Okay. All right. Uh, what about uh, this uh, patch situation? Uh, here, do we think this is Patch? What's what's going on with this one? Uh, there, uh, Mike or Shannon, what do you think this? What do you think this is? It, I've seen people speculating that this could be the actual Wolverine that we're going to get in the MCU, and this is the way they're introducing him. Do you believe this? What do you think? <laughs> For those well, who don't know, this is Patch <laughs> in the comics. So essentially, this is what they what might be with the hair from behind there. So. Uh, for those ahead. for those that don't know, Patch is the world's stupidest alias <laughs> that Wolverine, one of the most iconic hairdos in life, put an eye patch on, went to Madripoor, said his name was Patch, and no one knew he was Wolverine. Well, he put a tuxedo jacket on. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that is. <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, where's Michael? Where's Michael? It's me, Patch. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, what do you thought, Shandy? You were saying, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were saying, 
Well, I mean that that is very clearly a, a, a Logan. A a Logan is a it Logan. Hugh Jackman? We don't know. Um, but that looks like a Logan in a white tuxedo jacket, and it looks like he's probably in some sort of casino. So the the <laughs> the odds are that yes, that's Madripoor. Yes, that's yes, that's him in his 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 patch form. Okay. Um, but again, the whole idea that this is going to going to uh, establish who the new Wolverine mm. could be. I don't know. I mean, do I think that looks like Hugh Jackman? I mean, we were talking about this in our text thread earlier. I'm like, hmm. I get maybe those shoulders. Maybe that isn't Hugh Jackman. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. What do you, what do you thoughts here, Mike? I, I, this whole, this is how that we've been hearing. This is how they're going to introduce mutants into the MCU literally for a decade now. It's true. Every time something happens, this is it. Get ready. It's, it, here it comes. I, th- th- this isn't it. There's a plot point for a Deadpool movie. Now, is it Hugh Jackman? as patch in madripoor in his universe or some other universe mm. maybe is it another person that's playing a version uh of 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 logan a variant maybe okay. but i don't think that all of this like just it doesn't make sense i know we saw madripoor in falcon and winter soldier yes but to say that all of a sudden this is a logan that has been living in the mcu and masquerading as a guy named patch and we and this is the first we're ever seeing him but mutants are everywhere like this is not it like there is there is a world where it looks like right now yeah based on the end credits of marvels there is a world that looks very much either like the fox universe x-men or the 90s art animated x-men or some version thereof yeah yeah so maybe that's where they go i don't know but um I don't know. I, I'm I'm still not convinced that that's not just Hugh Jackman. I know they don't show his face, right? But like, it makes a lot more sense to me to have one Logan in this movie and have a scene where Ryan, where Deadpool is like, "Hey, you should go undercover, put on this eye patch. It's really stupid," and then he does. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does. that seems a lot simpler to me. But no, but could they be introducing Doctor Doom as well? Uh, what, what, what do we think is going on here with this shot? I mean, hard, hard no, hard <laughs> that- no. The fact that people were going crazy online saying that George that George Costanza motherfucker was Doctor Doom, I was like, get out of here! Look at that schlubby guy! Get out of here! Here I come! Oh, here I come! Oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, that is like that's the Costco Doctor Doom. Like, oh, come on, oh. get out of here! Wow, wow, well, we lost lost them as a sponsor. Your thoughts here? You thought because I was watching it and it, it went by so fast that I was like, "What?" Uh, and then when I took a screen grab as I was doing my trailer reaction, I was like, uh, "I could see why you might think that, but it's certainly not." And I don't know if they this would be the way they'd introduce him. And I agree. <laughs> Hi, I mean, Hi like, guys, oh. welcome to Latveria. <laughs> 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 it could be a variant okay. Doctor Doom, though, couldn't it? Could be a variant Doctor Doom from some other time. <laughs> I've seen this theory, and I and I, I saw someone who mentioned this, and I thought I'd bring it up. Do you think Matthew McFadden could be the Loki Doctor Doom? As you said, he might be the villain of this movie. There's rumors that this this is going to lead into secret. It's going to be seeds that lead into secret wars in this movie. And could it be because you got to pick the champion? Could Doom be, as you said, the main villain? Could this be their kind of back? doorway of introducing and mcfadden would be an interesting doctor doom do you guys think this is bullshit what do you think i mean that's that's what at the roca says said he tweeted that out so i don't know oh, did <laughs> says say? wow, wow. very reliable very reliable very source. reliable source how, <laughs> dare, I don't, you? how dare you yeah it, it would be here here's here's some it, the pros and cons of that like shannon and i yeah. were actually just talking about this the other day like doctor doom is just such a tough thing to adapt it really is like and Shannon was like, "He do is it? Do you think it's the costume? Do you think it's the fact that he's the leader of a nation? Do you think it's the fact mm. that he's a sorcerer?" And I'm like, none of those things are actually. Marvel has proven that they can take comic book accurate looks and make them work for a movie. Sure, we have sorcerers and magic. That's not an issue. Some bad guy being the leader of a European nation, like no big deal. Right. But he's just so comic booky in his villainy. Yes, I mean, he's, yes. he's a dude in a giant metal suit and a green cape who wields magic uses science and is arrogant as fuck. Yeah. So how you sort of ground that into a movie character is hard. Making him a member of the TVA that goes rogue is not the worst. It's it, a lot of hardcore comic book fans would be very upset about it, but 
if you, if I were a Marvel executive and you came in and pitched me that, I would not out of hand kick it out. I would be like, okay, let's carry this through and see. There, there's there's a lot of sense to this. So I don't okay. hate it off the top of it. I don't know that it's true, but I don't hate that idea. The other thing that people are freaking out about about this trailer work. is just really quick on the note yeah. is in the final shot where mm. Deadpool is laying there before Wolverine snicks, yeah. um, in the wider shot in the trailer off to the left, Yes. Um, there is oh. a Secret Wars comic book from the 2015 run with Doctor Doom on the cover, so everybody went completely batshit about that too. So, although that schlubby guy is not Doctor Doom, technically because of the comic book cover, it is true that Doctor Doom does make an appearance in the Deadpool 3 trailer. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, what did you guys think of seeing the, as we said, the, um, why were we seeing, seeing scenes from Winter Soldier in in the trailer what what is the overall goal in this um it's just a highlight reel i mean because it wasn't just winter soldier it was it was age of ultron there was there was some iron man ragnarok in there it's just a highlight reel i don't think there's any significance to that particular movie no so okay okay go ahead yeah what we're gonna say so i it's funny because the way it's all cut yeah ending with his whole i'm marvel jesus line and this is where i think people are maybe getting a little veered off is it does make it sound basically like matthew mcfadden's like this is the marvel cinematic universe would you like to join it but i think that's sort of meta for the trailer i think he's like we need you to do this thing there's this world of heroes like i i don't think that it's fully he's being like this is the mcu (laughs) do you want to join it uh, all right. Um, what about Pyro? Do we? Why is Pyro back? Of all the people from X Men Two and the La- X Men Last Stand, why is Pyro back? I will take all theories. Why not? I mean, <laughs> I think he's the least interesting person out of all the people that are actually in this movie. So they tossed him in this trailer, and they're saving everybody. Like I, like I oh, think he's. I think it's like. Honestly, mm-hmm. and and given that we can now tell that way that Deadpool kind of goes to the void, yeah. it does make sense that that's where all of these heroes went because that universe has collapsed. Yeah, Disney bought um, the universe. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, when we've heard board. that Jennifer Garner is going to come back as Electra right, right, and yeah. that the X Men are going to be, we're going to see these X Men and those X Men and this, like I think he's in there along with probably every other fucking person that we've seen in a 20th century Fox Marvel movie and they're all in the void. And that's a plot point. Listen, if Ben Affleck can keep doing Dunkin' Donuts commercials, I'll be goddamn if he can't slide on the, the Daredevil outfit again. So, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be, it's a little, down. It's a little tight. It's a little tight after hey, all those donut holes. He's looking good. Have you said, the, the, by the way, those, those uh, sweats sold out in 40 minutes on dunkindonuts.com. If you can believe it, it's full, sold out in 40 minutes. that's incredible. Um, anything more to say on this trailer that I missed or that you guys want to make sure we hit on that uh, we didn't bring up? Because I know we're running out of time here. So, well, as Shannon said, I mean, like, in addition to seeing the MCU and that stuff, it really does look like Deadpool is fighting the TVA mm-hmm. in the same forest that the Avengers are in at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Right. So, right, right, right. it does seem like it at some point in the movie. Deadpool is bouncing around in the MCU timeline yeah. uh, at least a little bit. So I think that's something we can look forward to. And then I do think just really quick, um, yeah. the the thing to remember about this movie, the thing that actually makes the first Deadpool movie work really well and the second Deadpool movie work to a lesser degree but still work is that yeah. despite all the funny shit and all of the wacky R-rated humor and the violence and all the stuff that we love about a Ryan Reynolds movie, yeah. um, there's a strong heart there. And the heart is pretty much Wade and Vanessa. Yes. And yeah, so see. I think that don't forget that for this movie to work, in addition to bringing Deadpool into the MCU and doing all the multiversal stuff that we all talk about all day long, yeah. This has to just be a really solid love story. Yeah, she calls him buddy. So where are they at in the relationship? That's a yeah, good exactly. Situation. So I think that's a big thing to keep an eye out for as well as we see more stuff coming out from the movie to kind of be a good indicator of is this going to be good and mm-hmm. solid as a Deadpool movie too or is this just going to be a wild multiversal romp? Another part real quick, a lot of people are speculating this is the forest where Logan died, that it's just snowed over and this is the other side of the tree. So... Uh... Uh... Yeah. So and see that overturned military vehicle that could be yeah. what they were in. So fuck man, if that's the truth <laughs> cuz I mean, they said they're not going to fuck with Logan that Logan is its own thing, they're not going to fuck with Logan, but clearly Disney owns Logan now so they can do what they want with it. So maybe that is a, a part of it which would 
I don't know. You'd have to really make that work for me. That's the only one that I would be a little bit upset about if they fucked with Interesting. Me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any final words? Are we good? Fingers good. crossed, guys. This is it. We're in we're in the Marvel Endgame now. Like this is their endgame <laughs> for can they actually stick land this plane. There's only one ending we can get we can get out of this with. Uh, so all right. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up there. Shannon, what are we gonna tell? Oh, wait, first, thank you everybody for watching this. We appreciate it. Or listening to us. You can always listen to us on the podcast feed. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Um, don't forget to hit the like button. Subscribe to Johnny Roca's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got there. Leave your comments below. We've got a fantastic forecast. We've got a schedule for the next year of Marvel movies. We've got a Deadpool trailer. we got a whole bunch to talk about. Let us know below what you think about it. If you're listening to us in the podcast, leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us. And as always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. There you go. Well, thanks so much for watching this episode of Geek Bites. We'll be back in just a couple of days with our main show there on Friday. We'll let you know when that's happening and we'll look forward to you joining us again for another brand new episode of Geek Bites here brought to you by the Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.